Let's get underway straight away because it looks like this Delta variant has begun to really affect us down here on the Mornington Peninsula, Frankston, as well as we welcome COVID-19 reporter Piers Cunningham for this week's edition. Piers, good morning. Welcome. Morning, Brendan. Indeed. So uh, Delta variant, as we were mentioning last week, Piers, probably getting the better of everybody at the moment. And it looks like uh, Frankston now around the hospital got an active case, Blair Gary as well, Mornington, uh, Lang Warren as well. So Delta beginning to get a little bit pervasive. Yeah, there's 221 cases uh, recorded for Melbourne, for Victoria, I should say. And uh, as you say, yeah, it's uh, proving to be a pretty difficult one to contain and hence the, the, the government has changed its path from trying to eliminate to really just trying to manage it and actually just having a focus on getting vaccinated with you know, that being seen as the way to open up rather than um, getting the, the daily numbers down. So what are we doing in terms of timeline here, Pierce? I mean, down here on the Mornington Peninsula, everybody absolutely patting themselves on the back at the moment. We certainly have gone big time into the jabs. Lots of people getting close to double jabs. Big numbers, big percentages. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think it's one of the, the leading places for the, the state and, and possibly because there's a, an older demographic living on the peninsula, uh, but also because uh, I guess you know people have thought Somehow they got the message earlier. They've just rolled up their sleeves. You know, there's been good access to facilities. I know that there's a, there's a pop-up place that's been set up uh, behind the shops in Rosebud that I've had family members go to. Uh, obviously, pharmacies are also doing it. Uh, they're providing the vaccine, as are GP. Some of the bulk billing medical clinics around the place are doing it. So there's been a variety of ways to get it perhaps not the sort of delays that, that people have seen in, in some parts of Melbourne, you know, people queuing up for hours outside the uh, outside the exhibition centre, that sort of thing. It seems that there's been good access to the VAX on the peninsula as, as one of the reasons why people have done it. We've spoken in the past, Piers, and we're speaking here to COVID-19 reporter under PFM's uh, Piers Cunningham uh, about the pandemic at the moment. We've spoken in the past, Piers, about the sort of political leverage that um, politics can be got out of this uh, pandemic at the moment. Matthew Guy, of course, just been in installed as the new opposition leader, just wondering whether the opposition will be able to ramp it up a little bit, put some leverage on. He's already indicating that he's got a point of difference with Dan Andrews about the way the government is handling things. He'd get schools back in straight away, those sorts of things. you think he's going to have any mileage here? Look, I, I'm always a little bit puzzled <laughs> in some ways by, by people's tolerance of lockdown, and this is sort of regardless of politics in a way. Because I think that, you know, having your kids out of school, particularly children out of school for so long, this is, time, you know, the time of people's lives that, that cannot be replaced. Um, so particularly sort of younger kids and also teenagers, late teenagers who are, who are going through, whether it's schoolies, school dances, all these sort of milestones and these sort of key events that if you and I look back and we're, you know, we're both over 50. These are kind of very memorable, important moments in our lives and in our development as people. So for, for young people to be deprived of those and they just they can't be recovered, that's got to be weighing on a lot of people's minds, a lot of families, regardless of, of their political uh, persuasion. And look, obviously, a lot of this, unfortunately, has become very politicised, whether it's, uh, you know, between the parties in Victoria, within the state, or uh, even the states versus the, the feds. You know, it's, it's become a bit of a 
political mess in a way, and unfortunately, political point scoring seems to be um, just as important to politicians as does actually dealing with the virus in the best possible way for the, for the greater good of everyone. Well, we'll be very interesting to see what Matthew Guy can do because if he can mm-hmm. sort of tap into some of that uh, reluctance and concern that many in the community seem to have about the way the Dan Andrews government has locked us down incessantly for the last year and a half, he might yeah. be able to get some cut through. We'll be very, very interesting to see whether. Well, I think- I think that's, that's, I think that's why um, his predecessor O'Brien was showing the door, and apparently it was um, there, you know there wasn't any it was unanimous to put uh, Matthew Guy in. So clearly the the state opposition has decided that that they need to be scoring more body blows to the government and to uh, Dan Andrews than they've been able to do under the previous leadership. You know you'd reckon there'd be a vulnerability given that the state government's changed course. You know that they, they, this was supposed to be a short, sharp lockdown. They were supposed to be driving the numbers down to eliminate. They're not getting there at all. You'd reckon that would be a big political vulnerability for Dan Andrews and his state government right now. Another so. issue, another issue, which just sorry, Brendan, yes. is 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 the preparedness with with ICU beds and with ventilators. There's been a bit of ambiguity in terms of the actual amount of the numbers that have been provided by the government. You know, there's a bit of variation in what's been said in the last few days. And obviously, this is a, a very important thing. If we're going to be opening up and accepting that we're going to live with COVID, that there will be an increase, increasing rate of hospitalisation because of that, even despite the vaccinations. Everyone's assuming that we've, you know, the last 18 months, and the government's claiming that they've made us a lot more prepared and they've, they've increased their numbers of available facilities in hospitals. But the numbers that actually are being stated, there seems to be a bit of vagueness about that, which is, I found a little bit disturbing. Yes, very interesting. I also noticed he's a very uh, skillful politician, is Dan Andrews, and he seemed to sort of obscure things a little bit by trying to pick a, f- a fight with the Fed, saying uh, that there seemed to be some sort of conspiracy against Victoria in terms of availability of vaccines as well. So, yes, well, it's going to be very, very exciting. We send resources if there's bushfires. You know, we send resources interstate to um, deal to help deal with those situations. So, you know, what about that way of looking at it? That you know, they've got a much bigger outbreak than we have in Victoria. And just as contact tracing has been shared when possible between states, contact tracers in WA have been helping with the Sydney outbreak, for example. So is it that unusual that that resources get diverted to those who are most in need? We've almost forgotten it, that we're actually a federated country, even though we've sort of gone back to pre-federation colonial rules in terms of border closures and the politics of COVID. We are actually a federation and we used to help each other out without without much question. Indeed, but, uh, you know, a little bit cynical these days, Piers, and with an election not too far away, obviously the Liberal Party is beginning to gear up for it. They've changed their leader, and, of course, uh, Dan Andrews is going to try and get his crew back into shape so that they can come away with another big win. Um, Let's move on, then. Let's have a quick look internationally. I just noticed the numbers overnight. You're mentioning about us having to come back to terms with and living with the the pandemic. Some 200-plus people, once again, passing away, sadly, in the UK overnight as they try and ease restrictions over there. So obviously there has to be some sort of acceptance that there's going to be a toll if we do open up. But also, you know, we have been considering in the past, and I think we even discussed it last week, and in the last few days, the WHO now indicating that it's keeping a bit of an eye on a mutation, which they've seen initially in South America. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. It's a a little bit of a worry. It's called the MU variant or mu variant. B1621 in technical jargon. It's been deemed a variant of interest to the WHO as opposed to a variant of concern. 
For example, Delta is a variant of concern. That's because of its very infectious uh, nature and also the, the effects it's having on people and the, the, you know, the extent to which it's, it's proved deadly in, in some of the people who've been unfortunate enough to contract them. And definitely the one that's, that's by far the most dominant around the world. And, and really, the projections are saying that, that essentially the whole world is going to get this virus, going to get Delta. That's why we've got to have vaccinations everywhere. We've got to look at the unvaccinated Africa, for example, because it's, and we've said it before on this on this segment on Arnold PFM that that if you have big spread of the virus unregulated without the presence of vaccines, that's when you have mutations. In fact, every time someone contracts the virus, every time it reproduces in someone's body, there's the possibility of mutation. So. We do need to have a global objective for everyone's good and to preserve the, uh, the benefit of the vaccinations we've had to prevent these mutations coming up. And MU is another one of these variants. They're keeping a close eye on it. First detected in Colombia in January and is now one of five variants of interest by the WHO. And apparently it's, um, it's, it's, you know, it's in the US, it's in the UK. It's, it's quite widespread already, but the percentages of it are still quite low. They're looking at it closely, but, you know, the, the jury's still out on whether it, it gets elevated to a, a variant of concern as opposed to just a variant of interest. Fascinating stuff, Piers Cunningham. Thank you very much indeed for staying across all this. We appreciate your time here on Panisha Talks, and each and every Wednesday we start our segments off with you, our special COVID-19 reporter. Stay safe, stay vertical, and enjoy this beautiful day down here in the morning in Peninsula. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Beyond Infinity. Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.